Hello, and welcome back for another episode of the Accessible Technology Podcast, which is a podcast all about how technology can become even more accessible for disabled people, as well as covering what technologies are less accessible in the modern world and where you also get to hear advice on how you can start making technology more accessible if you are a technology company. My name is Phoebes and I have been paralysed from the next dawn since 2001 when I was three years old. So that is why a lot of the episodes that you hear on here are covering accessible technology since I can only use technology with a chopstick or a stylus in my mouth. So if that is something you are interested in, please consider following it and sharing it to anyone else who you think would be interested. This podcast is now available to listen to on Apple Podcasts. Amazon Music and Audible, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And I usually try to update everything twice a week. So, yeah, we get a good range of tech stories. Today's episode, however, is going to be slightly different from previous episodes that I've uploaded. And that is because it is the first New Year's special that I did, which is covering how technology has changed throughout the years from 2009 to 2019 slash 20, since that's the New Year's Eve that I uploaded everything. So please make sure that whatever you do, please get comfortable. And yeah, since it's going to be a slightly longer episode, make sure that you at least have something to entertain yourself with or you're going on a long car journey, etc. They won't be getting any more additional notes at the beginning, like what you hear in the other ones. Plus, the audio might be ever so slightly different, but I hope you enjoy hearing about the ways that technology changed from from 2009 to 2019-20. Technology is an everyday part of our lives, and while it may not seem like it, it has changed a lot, even over the last few years. New inventions are coming out every year, and with a rise in smart technology, it seems to be becoming a lot more accessible. 
para as máquinas é diferente. Tem tinta que existe a resolução. E tem tinta que faz um dia passado. Quando se rode a tecnologia ou o passado, tem tinta que faz um dia. Então, desde o ano Back in 2009, GPS companies were becoming weary of the mobile phone. That year, the iPhone became capable of handling turn-by-turn auto-navigation programs. Pancake released free turn-by-turn navigation for Androids. This meant phones could easily update their maps and databases over the internet. Knowledge wasn't great news for GPS companies. 3D Cinema Though digital 3D movies had been around for a couple of years at the time, the widespread adoption had been not back by a steelmate. Studios were reluctant to invest in big budget 3D movies that were only able to play on a number of screens and avoid a balanced of 3D movies. Cinema owners were reluctant to install such screens. The App Store Although the App Store was originally released in 2008, by 2009 it had 100,000 apps available for download. Taking inspiration from Apple's success, Android as well as Blackberry and Palm took to developing their own App Stores which would all get up over the following months and years. Android and everything. 
the Android phone first came out in 2008 and it's been 2009 has a new platform tied to a single phone and carrier. Then got some other point in 2009 it exploded across manufacturers and carriers and soon began popping into unknown phone devices such as the Bonds and Robonic Rebook Reader and a tablet made by Octos. 2010 The first iPad and other members of the tablet revolution The 2010 texting started with the then new iPad for web browsing, e-book reading, games and office work. The iPad automatically had manufacturers trying to prove they could beat it with their own prototypes, leading to the revolution in tablets that we have now. The iPhone 4 The iPhone may only have been three years old in 2010, but it was still the smartphone trendsetter everyone wanted to be. The fourth model was released in 2010. The big features were the selfie camera and retina display, but it was still very small. Phone Wars. Well, yes, the iPhone in many cases was running ahead, but it was still competing against Android phones, and Blackberry was still trying to get onto the touchscreen stage. The iPhone and Samsung also later had compete against the Windows Phone, which was launched by Microsoft, and since then many others have joined the stage. 3D and Smart TVs With the rise in popularity of 3D movies, it was obvious the next step would be to add it into TVs. But not only was 3D added to TVs, this was also when television developers looked into adding in the web and other streaming services into their products. In 2007, Apple released the Apple TV, but it mostly languished until it was rebooted with a major price. Dawn. In addition with Netflix, it already let people buy TV shows for cheap on Google program promoting a similar system with work starting on the Google TV. The streaming revolution is born. Well, we were being introduced to services like Netflix in 2010. The usual 
myself will still getting used to the idea of new Blu-ray DVD players and Blu-ray DVDs. But as the idea of subscribing for a mix of movies got bigger, instead of having to go out and buy or rent a DVD, we only got to where we are now where very few people use them. The Xbox Connect and PS Move After Nintendo launched the Nintendo Wii in 2006, Microsoft and Sony were left to come up with alternatives of their own. Although I never had one, the Kinect was a camera add-on for the Xbox that saw a player's movements and converted their gestures and running in place movements into the game. The PS Move, meanwhile, consisted of two motion control wands and a motion sensor camera. Social media on your smartphone. Scrolling through your Facebook feed or trading a selfie used to be incredibly difficult in 2010. Those also media platforms were still largely designed for your PC or laptop and although the iPhone and Android universes were still comparatively small, the mobile experience for Facebook and Twitter was bare bones fisted or both. This is probably why while Facebook had a mobile app out in 2008, it took years for it to get to a reasonable state of usability. 2011 Group texting grows in popularity. 2011 began with a handful of group texting applications becoming more mainstream, including Beluga, which became Facebook Messenger, and GripMe, which was acquired by Skype and became Skype Messenger. Later on, WhatsApp joined the group messaging stage launching with a free texting element which stuck with its users. Social networks continue to explode in popularity. Google launched Google Plus which grew quickly. Facebook revamped their profiles and features and launched an iPad app, while Twitter evolved their own activities and Instagram exploded with millions using it to post millions of photos each day. This led to people being able to post photos and videos on the go. 
instead of having to always log in on computers, later that year, the iCloud was launched and this led to being able to do work and save it online. More gadgets mean that social networking becomes much, much easier. A slew of new gadgets that made social networking and social media more easy to access from anywhere started taking place in 2011. Android tablets like the Samsung Galaxy Tab, Sony Tablet S and Amazon Kindle products entered the market and blurred the line between e-readers and their tablets. But beyond tablets, Apple, in the aftermath of the loss of its founder, Steve Jobs, saw success with the iPad Air, as well as showing hands-free ways of socialising with Siri and with the release of the iPhone 4S. The iCloud is created. This might be hard for a generation of 2010 and 2020s kids to imagine, but before 2011, the iCloud didn't exist, although some versions of it such as OneDrive and Dropbox did exist before them. The cloud computer service, if you have been living under a rock, basically allows its users to store applications, photographs, documents, calendars and recently purchased or downloaded music on one account which can be accessed on multiple devices. However, there is something upsetting about the announcement of iCloud as well, and that is that it was the last thing that Steve Jobs announced before his death in October 2011. After Jobs died, Tim Cook became the new CEO of Apple and he is still in that job today. 2012 Pinterest becomes the new social graph. By 2012, social media had really started to take ground. People were past the early social media giants, MySpace and Bebo, and the only early social networking site that stayed popular was video sharing site YouTube. Then, in the same year, 
Pinterest became a major traffic generator. The sites quickly overtook Yahoo, Twitter and Bing and was just behind Google and Facebook. Its format, where you can view colourful photos of unique gift items and crafts and share pictures with each other, made it popular with many businesses who could use Pinterest boards to help their sales. Touchscreen computers. Many companies promised touchscreen computers would take over small businesses influenced by the tablet revolution that had grown massively within a couple of years. Most things were done through touch technology, so it was clear the craze was becoming real. Later, in 2012, we saw the Windows 8 released, along with Acer touch computers and Lenovo. I've never tried one, but my concern about touchscreen laptops is how you have to be able to reach out your arm, which doesn't make them accessible for paralysed people like myself, or for others who have different physical disabilities. However, while many businesses jumped on the touchscreen computer cart, Others like Apple are still to do this and I think this is something Apple should probably keep hold of. My hope for 2020 on is that they try getting Face ID into their MacBook laptops. Screen resolution goes through the roof. The iPad 4 with Retina display had a slim and sleek design and was powered by a 1.4 GHz Apple A6X processor. After it was launched, it was sold to adapt to your needs with maximum performance but the extended battery life wasn't too much to compare it with if you used it every day. But like other screen technology of the time, the new screen size would be laughable if you compared it to today's screens. The Google Nexus 10 tablet also used 2000 pixels and had a bigger screen than its earlier models. That meant that every image, every line of text and every website looked more distinct on it and over the next few years they all kept getting better. Rest in peace, Blackberry. Blackberry had been having problems for many years and while it hoped to still have a chance to get a place in the next stage of smartphones, others like the iPhone and Samsung were still beating it. 
Fred was known as being easily breakable with multiple bendings and two curves. And I don't recall people who had it saying the hardware lasted for ages. So with this, the Blackberry slowly headed into the abyss and died in 2012. 2013, the second screen revolution. In 2013, more than 80% of smartphone and tablet owners said they used their devices while watching TV. About 51% said they spent more time posting on social media while watching TV as a way of connecting with others who might be watching the same thing as them. And 24% of Facebook users posted the movies they were watching. The figures are born to be up now. But at the time, people said they sold the second screen had arrived, but it wasn't yet a revolution, though I'd say we're nearly at that stage now. Following a 2013 review, media companies and marketers got more aggressive and inventive in how they dealt with the second screen, with one reporting that engagement is stronger with second screen marketing programs than it is with traditional online advertising. Rest in peace. Desktop computers. With the launch of Windows 8 came the dumping of old desktop computers. When Windows 10 came out, it had a more like setup of 200 or so Surface tablets and highlighted the lack of traditional computers running Windows 10. You could get laptops and tablets and all-in-one PCs, but although these tried to kill desktop computers off completely, a lot of businesses, schools and some households still have them. 3D printing It had in fact been wrong for a lot longer, but with the use of 3D printing in various films like Iron Man 2, it soon became more mainstream. It was still young, but businesses could already create prototypes, changing how different design processes were. With more durable materials and improved hardware and software, it became possible to manufacture products with 3D printers. This had the potential to change entire supply chains and distribution, and in a way, they have done it. 
flexible devices. TVs, computers, tablets and phones were all getting thinner with each release and in 2013 we were already thinking of more flexible and foldable devices. But warnings came up everywhere of people saying that companies should make sure the foldable device works properly with some also having experiences with it breaking and as a result there were a lot of field experiments. This sort of foldable device is being put on hold and so the first foldable devices were only hard around 2018 and 19, but still some companies are still at the research and developing states, while others already have foldable devices out. Embedded tech or technology with smart built-in. Embedded technology may have made it onto the iPhone 5, which was 2013's new Apple iPhone, but traditional objects with smarts inside them were still a talking point and happening. Back then, Geeks had to sell the idea of door handles opening by themselves, blinds closing without you having to do anything, and thermostats learning what makes it comfortable to people outside technology. Yet in just a couple of years after all of that, we're now able to set these up. Another point worth mentioning is that robots were starting to become more popular in 2013 and now we have our household machines acting like robots themselves. But as technology grew in 2013, so came problems with data. At one point, it seemed like technology was going to know everything about you, and that held for what all happened in 2014. 2014. Wearable tech. Smartwatches like Samsung's Galaxy Gear and the Pebble smartwatch continue to be more useful as developers created more apps for the device. Health tracking devices like Nike's Fuel brand, Jawbone app and Fitbit Force continue to drive health technology into the mainstream and it's because of this we've seen a growth and population wanting to track their heart rates. But still, Apple was late to the party but didn't end up releasing their first Apple Watch until 2015. The first drones 
of the old age started gaining attention in 2013. It took 2014 for drones to get a bit more exciting. Amazon said they planned to use drones to deliver packages from Amazon in 30 minutes and in 2013 drones were said to be able to deliver beer and pizza to your home if you live in the UK. But such good ideas did come with their problems, with customers becoming worried that their Amazon order might get dropped on their head and when a drone interrupted flights at a Belfast airport. Smarter TVs Smart TVs grew in popularity with more homes having the option to browse the internet, launch apps and have social interactions all through their televisions. Plans began for TVs in future to be controlled with smart home devices, which is now possible with the release of smart speakers. Thanks to the releases of these devices in 2017, we are now able to control our TVs with our voice and we can also control them with apps on our phones. And taking us out of 2014, a fight for privacy. After a year when data could be breached in lots of ways and there was almost no way to decide what you wanted to be kept private. But it was no wonder that in 2014 there was a fight for privacy. This led to the privacy settings we have when surfing the web today. It's made technology a whole lot, though not completely safer. 2015 Cloud and Client Computing Saving to the Cloud started in 2011 and by 2015 the convergence of cloud and mobile computing continued to promote the growth of centrally coordinated applications that can be delivered to any device. This made working on stuff with different apps and on multiple devices easier as a team or by yourself. 2016 3D printing Advances in 3D printing had already enabled 3D printers to use a wide range of materials and with the growth came even more high demand. Now in the 2020s, jobs in 3D printing and 3D printers themselves are continuing to grow.
but we're still a long way from them being affordable enough for loads of people to be able to get them installed in their homes. Advanced machine learning. This one I think we can agree is not one of the best technologies, but it's worth mentioning anyhow. Machine learning is meant to be the technological way of making decisions, though it often doesn't make the right ones. Since its release, there have been numerous attempts to fix these problems, but as things stand, it isn't too close to getting it right. 2017 Artificial Intelligence Artificial Intelligence, also known as AI, is now all around us. He said if we were told about what all we would have in 2009, we wouldn't have believed it. Near enough everything around us can be automated, including apps, Phones, automobiles, vehicles and smart appliances, which will be to help the environment as well. Our TVs can now get turned on with the AI and we can now have full conversations with our technology. Virtual and augmented reality. Virtual and augmented reality or two digital platforms. One which makes you feel like you're in a video game and the other which lets you put digital elements into a real life world, often using a phone camera. These capabilities aim on forming a more seamless system of devices capable of orchestrating a flow of information that comes from the user. But I think AR has to go a wee bit further in making sure it's accessible to people with disabilities. 2018 the Internet of Things becomes even more intelligent. It has been talked about for quite a few years at this point, but the Internet of Things is the place where all the everyday smart devices we have live, like smart lights, etc. More things have been added to it since smart speakers like Amazon Echo, Google Home and Apple HomePod were created, which adds to it becoming even more intelligent. Accessibility controllers to help disabled people get into gaming, starting with the Xbox Adaptive Controller. I've talked about the Xbox.
Xbox adaptive controller on here before. Quite basically, a controller helps the people with physical disabilities to make gaming accessible to them. Microsoft announced this at the beginning of 2018, with it being released at the end of that year. 2019, the Internet of Things will start delivering new opportunities. Number of smart devices that can connect to the Internet came out in the last year, making the Internet of Things get even bigger. We can now control a number of our everyday home devices by connecting them to the internet and more will be added through this year and beyond. Thanks to games like Pokemon Go and Minecraft Earth, the AR craze has quickly blown up. Augmented reality is when you add digital elements into a real world using your phone or tablet. While virtual reality is when you put a headset over your eyes, making you feel like you're in a game. But if AR is really going to beat VR, there's just one thing I think developers should be aware of. For me, it's hard to play an AR game while out in my retail. And while Minecraft Earth is a lot more accessible than Pokemon Go, developers still need to think how they can open AR games up to the disabled and elderly community while also keeping us safe. Looking onwards into the 2020s. While it's still too early to tell completely what 2020s technology space is going to be like, there have been a few early predictions. For starters, we're due to see a breakout moment of AI, practical deployment of the Internet of Things, increased demand for its computing processing and evolution of aerospace technologies as well as an era of internet, of healthcare, of agriculture and an evolution of autonomous driving technologies. But overall, I would say my top technology moment from the last decade would have to be when the adaptive controller was announced as part of making gaming technologies accessible for disabled children, teenagers, adults and also the elderly. I just hope that we can move quicker towards making everything accessible and that it doesn't take as long as it took us to get to this point. But what do you think about the technology included in this? Do you remember having any of this tech? And if you do, 
let's run Royalty would you like to turn back time to try any of them again without having to be stared at like your old fashioned if you would like to pass on some of your thoughts to me you can include them in a review wherever you're listening to this on as well as via the contact pages over on my Feedfell Tech Review site over on pltechreviews.co.uk or on my other website phoebelow.com If you're interested in watching the other videos that I've done on accessible technology over the years, you can find out more over on my PL Tech Review site where you'll be able to view past videos. And if you would also like to check out my film, TV, theatre reviews and political videos, you can find them by searching for Feebsell Journalism on YouTube as well as by searching for the Feebsell Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and Audible, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and on Radio Public as those are the platforms where you can also get the episodes of the Feebsdale podcast and find um, everything that I cover on Feebsdale journalism and podcast form. But anyway, that's all for now. The next episode is going to be slightly back to normal with it being a review of the Amazon Echo Dot for generation and that will then be followed by a review of the Xbox Elite Controller Series 2. But thanks for listening to this complete podcast episode anyway and I look forward to giving you more in the next episode. As I said at the beginning, I plan to update this podcast twice a week, although it could become a wee bit more regular before then, so that I can fit in more reactions to other text stories from throughout the year. But please, if you like what you're hearing, share it. You can follow me on Twitter by searching for at Feebslow and on Instagram by searching for the real Feebslow. And you can also follow the Feebslow Tech Review site as well if you have a WordPress account by searching for pltechreviews.co.uk. But if you don't have a WordPress account and don't want to set a blog or business up, you can support everything that I'm doing anyway by following the Twitter and Instagram accounts for it by searching for at PL Tech Reviews 
on Twitter and on Instagram. But anyway, thanks for listening and I'll talk to you all in the next one. Bye!